You're listening to the Therapy for Women podcast with licensed therapists Amanda White, Fern Formel, and Gabby Salomon. Whether you're contemplating therapy for the first time, already in therapy, or reconsidering it, this podcast will empower you with tips, advice, and plenty of real talk so you can get the most out of your sessions. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Therapy for Women podcast. We have Fern here. Hi, Fern. Hi. And we have Sam. So today we are going to be talking about the holidays and boundaries. So when we talk about that, I don't know, what do you all think about is important that we touch on? Hmm. Well, Sam, you're our guest, so I'll let you go first. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like as soon as Amanda said that, I had this thought of like, wow, we could not have picked a more broad umbrella topic to talk about the holidays because there's so many... There's so many different directions we could take it, but I think my mind immediately goes to the idea of family and boundaries around the holidays and what that looks like and expectations. And then my mind also goes to the Mm -hmm. people who are no contact with their family, but might still be in contact with other members of their family and how to navigate that. So yeah, I think it's just, it's so complex. Absolutely. Mm -hmm, Definitely. And to your point, Sam, right, there are so many topics within the holidays, right? We could talk about the holidays and food and like body image and stuff. We could talk about those family dynamics. We could talk about the stress and expectations. We could talk about mom stress and guilt about the holidays, or maybe I should say parental stress, right? About making like the perfect holiday and things like that. And you're right, there's so much I think for me, even with some of my clients we've been talking about in the last couple sessions is this idea of what do the holidays look like when you're in your healing Mm. journey, but you understand the rest of your family is not, nor do they have to be. Mm. They probably should be, but they don't have (laughs) to be, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, Mm -hmm. like navigating that dynamic of as you become more aware of your triggers and the boundaries that you need and what's important to you and like reassessing values, it can be really intimidating to go knowing you're going to put yourself in a situation where you're probably going to be really triggered multiple times over. And I think that can be like a really daunting thing to face. I think too, what is so interesting that I think we see happens over and over again, personally, I see it professionally, is right, like you spend time with your family and you immediately fall back into those yes. old family dynamics. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. I love that roomy quote that's like, if you think you're really healed, like go spend a weekend with your family. Because <laughs> it's just like right there. You're I'm like 16 again. You're just yeah. right back in the dynamics of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just think especially if you have siblings, that is a huge component of this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think – Because something that I had a conversation about, especially going off siblings, Fern, is that even though you could have five siblings that all grew up under the same roof, all five of them have different experiences and different versions of what the childhood was and what growing up was. And so I think that is where a lot of the tension can come at times, especially like if you're someone who is making an effort to understand patterns, understand dynamics, make sense of that and how that impacted them. And then you have these other people that are like, well, I didn't have that happen to me or Mm. I didn't see that or, well, mom and dad did the best they could. Like, we can't get mad at it. Right. And so yeah, not only is it this 
triggering process that takes you back to like this very vulnerable, powerless age. But then it's the most invalidating experience that you can have sometimes when you have these people that are just kind of like passively gaslighting you into saying like, no, that's not what it was. I know you feel that way, but that's not what it was. It's confusing. Mm -hmm. I'm also even thinking the opposite of that, right? Where like maybe you've done your healing and you've let things go, right? You've moved on from things in the past and there are other people in your family who haven't, right? And you can't, I'm going to use the word commiserate, but like you can't commiserate together anymore, Mm -hmm. right? Like you can't share that perspective because you've moved on, let go, move forward, whatever you want to call it. And that can be really hard too. Absolutely. I think no matter what, family dynamics will always come up in some way, shape, or form during the holidays. Yeah. Well, from a systems perspective, Fern, right, how do you conceptualize, right, like there's the idea of family dynamics want to stay the same. They want to, right, like maintain Mm -hmm. the status quo. Can you talk a little bit about that? I think about the statement or however you want to word it, uh, that a triangle is the most stable structure. Mm -hmm. And I kind of think about that with family dynamics, that when there are more than two people specifically, you all are playing a role and you're all keeping the structure the way it has always functioned. Yeah. Right. But when someone starts acting differently, it makes the structure, the family dynamic, unstable. Mm -hmm which is why I can cause a a wrench in things when you no longer live together, you've lived your own lives and then you come back together for the holidays and you're like, oh, these are all these different personalities. And the only way that we can make this a quote stable structure is to fall back into those Mm -hmm. dynamics. Mm -hmm. It might not be the most enjoyable or the most comfortable, but it is the most familiar between this group of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Versus like, let's say you have a friend come with you for the holidays Mm. and your friend might be like, oh my God, I've never seen this side of you before. Like, like, who are you? (laughs) You know, and you'd act completely different elsewhere, but that's how your structures elsewhere operate and have always probably operated to some degree. Mm -hmm. But with your family, your your most well-known, familiar, long-term structure is all of you acting and reacting the way you probably have for most of your lives. Mm -hmm. And we know that one person in a system can make change, but it's really hard when it's only one person trying to make change. Mm -hmm. So that's at least my theory about it, right? Is like we all fall back into these patterns because that's what we know. That's what's familiar. That's what feels safe and secure and stable, even if it doesn't feel good. It's such a delicate balance. Like one person does one thing and that impacts the whole balance of the structure. And I think it's so fascinating too to think about. I know when like I was getting sober, for example, or I'm sure you you all have had this experience when you're working with clients, right? Of a, a parent maybe like, I really want my, you know, daughter to change or whatever, right? Oh, yeah. And then they start mm-hmm. changing and they're like, not like that. Yep. I want them to change in this way. <laughs> yep. I don't want them to set boundaries with me. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I guess in having this conversation too, the first thing that always comes up for me when I'm talking with clients or just friends or honestly family members <laughs> is how how do you deal with that, right? How do you hold on to who you feel you are now and how you behave now mm-hmm. and try your best not to fall into these old dynamics with your family that maybe don't serve you anymore? So I have my own opinions about mm-hmm. this, but Sam, I'm curious what you think when it comes to helping 
clients, mm. friends, family kind of protect who they've, you know, become and the dynamics that work for them versus falling into, you know, the dynamics that maybe don't work so well now. Absolutely. And I think it's such it's such critical work that I always preface with we are going to let go of the illusion of perfection in this and that it has to be well, now that I've done this work, I can't ever mess up when I go back into those dynamics, right? Mm -hmm. For me, the direction that I take it is it is a constant evolving masterclass in self-awareness. Self-awareness in understanding Mm -hmm. our triggers, self-awareness in understanding the relationships that we have with different people. You know, the one that I hear about a lot is, especially with us working with women, right? It's going to be mom. Most often, Mm -hmm. like how we engage with our mom. And so, you know, practicing awareness of what was the history of that relationship, right? What were the parts of the relationship that you really like? What are the parts of the relationship that you want to magnify? And what are the parts of the relationship that you know are kind of a minefield for you? right? That, that's the direction I take it is really practicing the yes and technique. Because I think with family, it can be so easy to become black and white, right? Yes. Oh, they trigger me. I have to go no contact. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, we don't have to. If that's the direction you end up wanting to go, great, fantastic. There's a lot of gray. And I think when we're talking about going back to those systems, allowing ourselves space to practice the self-awareness of the trigger and do our best in the moment to rely on the skills that we've built, right? I'm a huge fan of the adult timeout. All the time, I'm like, I need a timeout. Like, I gotta go. I I can't do this. But I think too, I, I let people know all the time, like, go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom, go for a walk, go sit in a different room, go pretend you're taking a call. Like, you are allowed to practice those types of skills within that setting without it needing to be like, I have to confront this and call this out. Because I think I, I have had clients in the past who want to do that, which I find incredibly admirable and brave, right? Like that's really intimidating to be like, you know what? Like if dad says this to me or if my brother Jim says this to me or my sister does this, or my mom does that, like I'm going to call it out. Yeah. And I, I preface that as well with like, that's amazing. Are you prepared for the fallout of that? Mm. Mm-hmm. Right? Are you prepared to navigate exactly as you said, Fern, that triangle immediately reshaping itself and protecting itself? Because mm-hmm. you will be 100% busting through that homeostatic baseline and yeah. everybody is going to want to do whatever they can to alleviate that discomfort. Oh, absolutely. And so, so yeah, I feel like it's just this masterclass in this deep sense of self-awareness of, is this the moment where I need to leave? Is this the moment where I can bring it up? Is this the moment where I do just need to tap into my healed higher self and let it go and move on? And I think helping people flex that muscle and know that there's multiple ways to deal with this. It doesn't have to just be, oh, I'm dreading it. It's going to be miserable. You're allowed to find moments that are enjoyable. You can focus on the people that you are connected with, right? You can bring your own fun, like bring your own energy, right? And and so practicing this idea of 
nuance and empowering them to approach the situation based on where they feel they're at rather than where they feel that they need to be or have to be. Yeah. I love that. Because I think there's this pressure sometimes on social media too, that it's like, if you see an unhealthy dynamic, change it, you know, be the one. And while we're not saying don't do that, if you want to do it, there's also nuance there of you also have a right to take care of yourself. And, And I think sometimes too, like maybe Thanksgiving isn't the ideal time to call your mom out (laughs) for something like brand new about your childhood. Like Mm -hmm. holidays are so heightened. Anyway, there's so much pressure, expectations. Everyone has their own idea about what the holiday should be. Mm -hmm. So people also may not be the most receptive to this change, Mm -hmm. I think, on such a big pressured day. Yeah. Realizing yeah. the Brussels sprouts are destroyed is not the moment to be like, well, mom, there was a time you yelled at me about this when I was 10. <laughs> yeah. It, it's being able to understand like, oh God, I remember when mom yelled at me when I destroyed the mashed potatoes. So I'm going to walk away and yeah. dismiss myself. Right. And yeah, it's not always the moment mm-hmm. to be like, I'm going to have like the Oscar worthy performance here in front of the family and open everybody's eyes to like what the truth is, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this also goes to like reactivity and emotion mm-hmm. regulation too, mm-hmm. right? Because to both of your points, when your mom is in the middle of making the meal or something, or the person that you want to talk to, right, is in the middle of making that meal. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to just tell him right now. I just got to get mm-hmm. it out. What do you think is going to happen? In that <laughs> do you think we're going to be like, you know what? Let me put the turkey down. <laughs> we're going to just hash this out for the next three hours. Right. Like, no, they're probably going to half hear you mm-hmm. or get upset. You might like get into an yeah. argument. Maybe they'll just ignore what you right. said. Like in my clinical opinion, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want to have an actual conversation with someone in your family about like a dynamic that doesn't work for you or history or something that hurt you think about what your intention is of when you bring it up and what you're trying to get out of it, right? So it's like, are you just upset and you want to stick it to them? Mm -hmm. Or are you like, no, I again, I want to sit down and I want to have a conversation about Mm -hmm. this. That's also being able to control how you're showing up in that situation. (laughs) Well, and I think too, Fern, going off of that, it is not betraying yourself or the work that you've done because you choose to not engage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're not like taking 10 steps back because you just let something go. And and I think that goes to, you know, Amanda, what you said as well with this, like, I had like, I have to call it out. I have to be the cycle breaker. Like, I am, you know, I am breaking the link in the chain. Like, that is such important work. And there are dynamics where that happens. And you have to have a moment of that level of empowerment. But simply because you choose to not engage in particular moments does not mean everything that you've done is like for naught. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that. And I think that is part of what's so disorienting, right? Is you go back to your family, you've done all this work, you have this different concept and idea of who you are. Then you go to your family, they all interact with you as they normally do, as this previous version of yourself. And it can feel very disorienting Mm -hmm. and it can make people doubt themselves and have them be like, well, 
have I done this work? What have I even been working on? Have I even changed? I can't even be different with my family. And I think what we're all trying to stress is, yeah, that is like probably the hardest place that is the final mm. frontier <laughs> of, <laughs> of change because right. they know you like the hardest relationships to change, I think, are the ones where people have known you the longest and yes. they, mm. you know, have seen all these previous versions yes. of yourself. Completely. The metaphor that I tell people a lot too, especially when we're talking about, you know, families and doing the work within that dynamic is the crabs in the bucket metaphor. Have you heard of that one? No. So if you literally put a bunch of crabs in a bucket, right? Mm -hmm. They're all kind of in the bottom of it, kind of like, you know, panicking, understandably so. (laughs) And there's always going to be one that tries to climb out of the bucket. And the other crabs band together to pull the other crab back into the bucket. Huh. I know. It's pretty pretty dark. (laughs) But like... (laughs) Yeah, they're literally like. If I'm gonna die, you're gonna die too. If I'm if I'm gonna end up as a crab cake, so are you, Jim. Like you are not better than me, (laughs) right? So they literally will like pull each other down Mm. in their panic of trying to escape. Mm. So Mm -hmm. I tell people sometimes that families can feel like that. Yeah, when you go back to the family Mm. and people will do the like, you're acting different. Mm -hmm. You're behaving different. Like, Mm -hmm. what's different about you? And sometimes that can feel like you're the crab that's like, desperately trying to climb out. And it'll feel like the family's trying to like, pull you back in. Mm -hmm. And so to understand, you're not actually a crab in a bucket. Right? (laughs) It's not really happening to you. And that it's okay that if you're visiting family or family's visiting you, it's not lasting forever. Yeah, you can stay in the bucket. You can can stay in the bucket and be like, it's okay, guys. We're all going to be okay. And then you you can get out. But Mm -hmm. I think sometimes that can be helpful for people to visualize what's actually happening. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to go back to what you said, Fern, about people wanting to keep that family dynamic as it is and not wanting to challenge and falling back into those habits, it's okay. Like it's happening. We acknowledge it. We have the self-awareness of it and we can empower ourselves to know, okay, today's Thursday. It's Thanksgiving. They're all going to be gone by Saturday morning. That's okay. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Or my flight is at 1057 (laughs) on, you know, Friday Mm -hmm. night. Right. Like kind of continuing that conversation of like, this is about self-awareness. It's about understanding what you need, where you're at and what you feel is the best approach. Yeah. It makes me think of even putting things in place, like kind of what you actually just said, Mm -hmm. Sam, right? Where, all right, we're going to have Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. dinner. People are coming into town, Mm -hmm. but I need everyone out on Saturday. I need everyone to leave. Right. So not being flexible, right? Not saying, sure, you can stay till Sunday. No, I need you all to leave on Saturday. Yeah. Right. Right. Or we're having, I don't know, Christmas together and we all want to stay in the same place. And you're like, you know what? Uh, I have nieces and nephews and I don't want to be woken up on Christmas Day, (laughs) Uh, like 6 uh. a.m. So I'm going to stay somewhere else. I'll be here at 9 a.m. Yeah. I think those things are important too, right? And those are boundaries. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. That's boundaries, everyone. Like that truly is a boundary being like, get out of my house. I love you. Yes. And please leave. 
Yes. And I think over the holidays too, I mean, boundaries get messy, right? Boundaries are harder when to continue with Sam's metaphor, right? (laughs) Everyone else is staying over, right? Everyone else is doing the thing. Or I think, right, like Mm -hmm. the parents can try to guilt you into Mm -hmm. doing what they want you to do. And it can Mm -hmm. be really hard to be the one who says, no, I'm, I am going to like stay in a hotel instead of staying at your house, or I'm not going to stay five days. I'm just going to stay two days. How do you all Mm -hmm. support clients with dealing with that and finding, because I think that's the hard part, right? Mm -hmm. Is it's finding the nuance of where can you maybe compromise a little bit to, you know, Mm -hmm. support your, your parents if that's what they're asking for, but also maintain your sense of self Mm -hmm. and take care of yourself. I tend to like put a huge focus on like self-care and really like reward systems. And so like, I'll tell people if they have decided after we've done some work, they're like, okay, you know what? I am, I am going to go for Christmas or they're going to come for Thanksgiving. Right. They've decided that they're okay with that. Mm -hmm. And they know it might be a little rocky. You know, we're trying to be cautiously optimistic, but also realistic Yeah. I tell them like, okay, what are you going to do when this is done to treat yourself? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. What is something that can be wholly yours entirely based on your interest and your needs and all of that? How can you have something planned after this to look forward to? Right. And best Mm -hmm. case scenario, you don't have to think about it and it can just be like a surprise of like, oh yeah, I'm doing that on Monday. Right. Mm -hmm. Or it can be the thing that you're like, just get to Monday. Mm -hmm. Right. Like having Mm. almost like an aftercare plan in place Mm. for like being able to navigate something that can be potentially really emotionally draining and exhausting. I'll be honest. I even do that outside of holidays, right? Mm. If I go away for a weekend, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm really uh, open about this that like I'm not from Pennsylvania. I'm not from Philadelphia. I live here, but I don't have friends like really those like long term friends Mm. or family that live here. So I have to travel to see those people. And I have kind of implemented it where I say, okay, I will leave on Sunday, Mm -hmm. but I will leave no later than two o'clock because depending on where I am, it might be a four hour drive. And I know I need to get home to do this, to do that. And also just to have like time by myself before I have to be at work on Monday, right? Like it can even be something like that where you just implement like a little aftercare in a small way, right? It doesn't have to even be for a Mm -hmm. big holiday. It could be, oh, I went to I don't know. I went to a parent's house for the weekend or I went to my sibling's house for the weekend. What's that aftercare look like? Because sometimes even the smaller smaller visits still need some boundaries. Yeah. I love that, Fern. I think thinking about it too as, right, this is where – this is the negotiation we're talking about Mm. of, you know, it it can be hard when everyone is like, well, this is what we're doing. Why do you need this? You know, you can – this is – you can feel really confused and feel like, what's wrong with me? Like, like some people are more drained by social interactions. Some people are more drained by even siblings, right? Some siblings in a family dynamic are more drained by being around the family mm-hmm. than other people. And it's it's not a reflection on you. There's nothing wrong with you Mm-mm. if you need that aftercare, if you need more time alone after a holiday or spending time with your family. Mm-hmm. A lot of these, you know, kind of practicing, you know, self-care, practicing aftercare, practicing self-awareness, right? I remind people all the time. I have clients who are like, okay, but how do I do it? And I'm like, 
well, you just do it. And they're like, <laughs> no, to I totally hear you. How do I do it? And I'm like, you just have to do it. And they're like, 100% agree with you. We're on the right track. How do I do it? And so I think <laughs> sometimes it's like you have to remember, like, it's why I brought up earlier this idea of like doing it imperfectly mm. and removing this idea mm. of pressure and just understanding like imperfect action in healing is going to get you so much farther mm. than trying to plan it out ahead of time and be like, okay, well, if grandma says this, then I'm going to do this. But if dad says that, right. The reason we're talking about self-awareness is so that you can practice that fluidity in the moment. Yes. And be better at understanding like, oh, okay, there goes grandpa. You know, like, and, and deciding in that moment what it is that you need and, and being like, okay, I feel myself really wanting to lose it here. It's adult timeout time. Or realizing like, you know what, Shu, I didn't plan this trip really well in terms of like starting work too soon after or having too much going on in too little of a time. What am I going to do to make up for that this week? Right? Like, it's this imperfect action that keeps moving you forward especially when it comes to like practicing this idea of boundaries with family and holidays and implementing this more consistent practice. You're also probably never going to feel ready. No. You know, like I think that's a huge misconception is people are like, okay, I just got to do enough work to feel ready. And the feeling ready is the indicator that I am ready. And then I can take the step. And Mm -hmm. I think feeling ready is a myth. Like you do it. Mm -hmm. And then you feel a little bit better. And then you do a little bit more. And people really forget that action is actually how you build confidence. Taking those small steps, it builds upon each other. We can't just go from Mm -hmm. zero to 100. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I hear this a lot from my clients. And so I am curious how you both if well, I guess one, if you've ever heard this from clients too, but also how how you kind of respond and help them through it. I often am asked by clients like, if I'm going to put a boundary in place, do I need to tell anybody that I'm I'm going to do something different this year? Or it's almost this question of like, do I need to ask them permission to try to change something? And so I, I mean, I am just curious what yeah. you both think about that. My question that I you know like I'm gonna answer a question with question what is that permission soothing right like what anxiety or like what anxiety is that permission bringing peace to and I think sometimes it's necessary to communicate right if someone's saying I need a head count for Thanksgiving dinner out of respect for them we then have to communicate yes, I will be there or no, I won't be there, right? Like there's there's logistical things that we need to be respectful of. Another example would be if we're going to be staying at someone's house, right? Like they need to know, like we can't just yeah. like show up and yeah. expect that they're going to have the air mattress ready or that they even have the room. So yeah. I think logistical boundaries need to be communicated. I think if we're talking more about like the philosophical meta boundaries, That's more, you know, kind of going back to the thread that we've tagged through this, which is like, what are you getting out of saying in that moment? I'm giving myself an adult timeout because I'm (laughs) feeling mad, right? Like, that's that's great. Again, understand there's going to be some fallout to that type of a statement. But also, like, Mm -hmm. what is the motivation for the communication? And then I let them sit mm-hmm. with that space a little bit and kind of figure out like what 
what is my end goal here wanting to communicate? And if it ends up being that feels really authentic that they need to communicate that boundary, yeah, let's go for it. But then if it's more just like that purely seeking permission, Mm -hmm. right? Like wanting people to tell them it's okay Mm -hmm. that they have their boundaries, which has its place and its time. But again, just like inviting them to explore that space of why. Yeah. I think also it depends on your relationship with the person, right? If your mom is often very aware of what you're doing and what your language is and how you're communicating, and she's going to notice if you leave the room (laughs) during something, then it may be appropriate to be like, hey, I just want to let you know I'm trying to work on emotional regulation or I'm trying to work on getting less frustrated during dinner. Mm -hmm. So if you see me get up and like take a break for a few minutes outside, it has nothing to do with you. I'm just trying to, you know, work on myself. I think that that can be really helpful. So I think it's, it's the intention of like Fern, you were kind of alluding to like, are you doing this because you want permission from the person to doing it. Like, I think that's an an important aspect of this also is Mm -hmm. if someone is asking the question, well, do I need to tell anyone? My question response back to that is what are you, like Sam was saying, what are you looking for? Are you going to still be able to set the boundary? Even if your mom says like, well, that's not okay. You can't, you need to stay all weekend because that's not really setting a boundary then. That's that's a request. Yeah. And there's a difference between a request, a boundary, and a demand even. Mm-hmm. When I think about these situations too, I think of someone who maybe – I'm thinking in the realm of like parents and, and their children and, you know, an adult child saying, yes, we're, we're going to come, but, you know, we're going to leave after breakfast on Sunday or something like this. And maybe a parent who responds with – well, are you going to be here for that? Are you going to be here for this? And they they kind of, they hear that you're not going to be here for this thing or you're leaving earlier, you're coming later. And it kind of snowballs into, which is not anyone's responsibility except your parents right. and maybe getting right. their anxiety checked out. But, <laughs> but, you know, like it kind of spirals into this, are you going to participate in this? Or are you going to participate in that? And I think at least what I've come across is that people get really overwhelmed by the questions that follow mm. from trying to set a boundary. Yes. Yeah. Right. And just, I think how to respond to the, sometimes the like bombardment of like, wait, you're changing this one thing. What else are you changing? But that's one of many scenarios there. We know that there are plenty that could come out from. <laughs> this. That's what's so hard is it's like, I even find myself as a therapist sometimes being pulled to like help people kind of be predictive. Right. Mm-hmm. And saying like, what about mm-hmm. this? What about blah, 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 blah. And sometimes I have to check myself and say, this is me feeling anxious as a clinician wanting to make sure that my client feels prepared. Yeah. But there's Mm -hmm. no situation just like Amanda said earlier, where you're going to feel like perfectly prepared and Zen for every question that comes your way. Cause I'm sure the three of us even Mm -hmm. here can think of times personally where we've felt overwhelmed by like communicating what our boundaries are and our expectations. So that's why I sometimes even have to like, if I can catch my client and I are like entering that dynamic. Sometimes I have to hit the pause button and be like, okay, like, but what if, right? Like, okay, Mm -hmm. you know, what if we're not going to be prepared for every scenario? How do we make peace with that type of discomfort? And then revisiting more, okay, what are the non-negotiables here then? What What are the areas that you are willing to 
bend on and have flexibility on? And what are the areas that you're not? Absolutely. Because then I find that helps create a filter for when those questions do come. They Mm. don't feel as overwhelmed because they know where they're willing to be flexible and where they're not. Yeah. Well, and if anyone has ever been given a script, like I know I've like looked up how to say this or how to say that or written down scripts myself, unless you're going to read from the script, which only goes so far because someone's going to, you know, like you, (laughs) you're not going to be fully able to stick with that train of thought because someone is going to ask different questions. It's impossible to be prepared. And we do want to instill that confidence in you. And that is where it is okay to be imperfect because you're going to learn way more. In that moment. In that moment. Yeah. Being Mm -hmm. imperfect, reaching inwards to figure out what you want to say, to come up with your own language versus pausing and coming back and thinking of another script and all of that. Yeah. Excuse me. I have to email my therapist. Just five (laughs) minutes. (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. and and part of our goal as clinicians is we want to I I tell this to my clients all the time we want to educate and empower I want to give you tools and insights and ideas and concepts new ways of looking at things and then I want you to empower yourself to use those the best way you feel is authentic to your situation because even I have clients too who are like I, I say to them Well, just because that's how your sister feels she needs to hold boundaries, that doesn't mean that's how you have to hold boundaries, right? That's your sister's unique dynamic with your parents or your aunt or your uncle or your grandparents. That doesn't have to be replicated with you. There is no one size fits all in these dynamics or in these cases, right? But I I do love the way you put it, Sam, right? This is a master class in self-awareness and self-reflection and and that it's okay to be imperfect in your responses. Like you're going to be constantly learning and growing and maybe how you respond works one way for a little while. And maybe you have to learn a new way to approach things X amount of time later. Right. That it's, I talk about this actually a lot with couples, right? That like what works for you right now in your relationship is great and use it as long as you can. And when it stops working, find something new that works. hundred percent. I even had a client where Thanksgiving went better than she was expecting. And we changed the boundaries for Christmas as, mm. as a result of that. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and she, I remember she was like a little nervous about like, oh, like, do I, is this okay? And I was like, yeah, that's, that's the other myth mm. too, is that boundaries have to be rigid and permanent and forever. Yes. Boundaries are about navigating the current season and situation that you're in. They are adaptable. They are moldable. They are shiftable. And that doesn't mean that you are betraying yourself. That doesn't mean that you're being wishy-washy. That means that you're being self-aware of the situation that you're in. Yes. I think the whole concept, I don't love the word like self-betrayal. I feel like that has become a very big buzzword on the internet. I've seen the just like very simplistic, right? grabby sort of things. But I'm thinking of the one that's just like self-betrayal is, right? Like going back on your boundaries, doing this, doing that. And it is not self-betrayal if you are the one deciding to do it. You can change your mind. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what confuses people so much, especially like, because I feel like with friends, if we're talking about friend relationships, right? There's there's a little bit of like a natural distance that you can put there as needed. With family, there's so much socialization around like 
this is your family. Mm. You have to be committed to your family. I see a lot of people like fighting that very black and white mindset socialization of like, but it has to be all or nothing with my family. Mm. And that it, totally, they're like, well, I'm betraying myself because I'm doing this and I've gone back on my word. And it's like, it's complicated, but it's not that complicated. It's not, it's complicated in that you have to take the time to understand where you're at and what it is that you're needing. That's not straightforward work, as the three of us know, personally and professionally. It's mm -hmm. not difficult in that this is it forever. I always have to have the same type of relationship with these people. It can never change. How do I process that? It's like, no, like it's adaptable. It's movable. You know, with that, <laughs> I think you also, to some degree, have to believe that like people can change. If you think that the people around you will never change, and don't get me wrong, some won't, like some will be the same way forever. Right. And that's their own right. decision to stay the same. But you have to have some belief that people are capable of changing because you are changing, right? So how can you believe that yourself can change and you can put new boundaries and you can have different reactions and not believe that like somebody else can be different and change based off of the changes that you're making too? I think that's a really important piece of this. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, and, and that is how a system, a family changes, right? Like, yes, we're all being pulled back in. But you also are making a difference by pushing against things little by little. Maybe you push against something, then one of your siblings pushes against something, mm -hmm. then maybe mm -hmm. someone else pushes against something. Like mm -hmm. that is how the change happens little by little. So if we're going to leave people with some sort of actionable tip or question, what would you all say is a good place to start or a good exercise if they're not in therapy but they're really resonating with this episode and they'd like some homework. My thing is, I know journaling can kind of be like a controversial topic. There's some people that are like, well, what am I writing about? Well, you have to ask yourself some very pointed questions mm -hmm. when you're going into situations like this. And some of those that I would give would be, what are my values right now in my life? And how do those values apply to going into the holidays? Are those values conflicting with family time? Are they conflicting with boundaries? Are they conflicting with me not knowing what it is that I want to do? I also asked the ever famous magic wand question of this year, what would the perfect scenario for the holidays look like, right? How, how would that feel? What would be the experience? Who would be around? Who wouldn't be around? And once you answer that, you can reverse engineer to the best of your ability achieving that dream. Also, how do I be flexible this year? What am I willing to be flexible on? What am I not willing to be flexible on? And then allowing yourself to come up with natural questions as you explore these questions and answering them and sitting with them. So start thinking now of what you want this to be and what you need this to look like and where you're at in this moment. I love that. I think additionally, what I, the only thing I would add to that, right, is and this kind of ties into everything we've talked about, about this. You don't have to get it right the first time, right? Or you don't have to do it perfectly. But you also don't have to go zero to 100, right? It doesn't have to go from, I always spend a week at Christmas in my family home, and now I'm going to stay at an Airbnb for three days, right? Like, 
how about maybe you stay there instead of a whole week, you stay there for five days. Or maybe you're there for the whole week, but when your family stays up till 4 a.m. talking or playing instruments or whatever, you say, I'm going to go to bed at midnight. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like you can make small changes and those still count as boundaries. It does not have to be a complete 180, like in the very beginning. So yes, as this holiday season is approaching, it's okay to think about just the small changes you'd like to make too. 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Yeah, thanks guys. Thanks, Sam, for coming on. And as always, let us know if you have any questions. You can email us at podcast at therapyforwomencenter.com. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Therapy for Women podcast. To suggest a topic, submit a question, or find a qualified therapist, visit therapyforwomencenter.com.